When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Where do you stand on trying to evaluate the blue-white game? What it means, what it doesn't mean, how much we think it's important versus it's just one practice in the spring. I'm going to kind of recap and go over some things that we saw Saturday afternoon at Beaver Stadium in the blue-white game. Hopefully a lot of you got to either attend the game or uh, watch on Big Ten Network. Rain really kind of put a uh, damper on festivities a little bit. I thought the crowd would be bigger. They now 63,000. I don't know if that's right, but probably a lot of people never came into the stadium from their tailgate. All right, so I'm of the opinion that the blue-white game serves a purpose in the sense that these guys do have to learn how to perform in front of a crowd um, at, inside the stadium. I, I don't think it's just a practice. I don't buy that. I don't buy that it's just one of 15 practices. Okay, but I also don't buy that it's a real game and that we should put a whole heck of a lot of stock in it either. So there's somewhere in between here. Now, uh, there, there were... I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40,000 people in the stadium. I don't know if it was that many, but there was a lot of people there. Drew Aller's got to learn to play in that environment. These younger players have to learn to play in that environment. So there is value in it. So let's go over some of the things that we saw, some of the things that James Franklin and the players talked about. I wrote about Drew Aller, so I'm going to push that back a little bit. I, I want to get into, first and foremost, the receiver situation because I just don't really put any stock at all into all of these things that James Franklin has been talking about for weeks and weeks with regards to searching for a number three receiver. We saw it. We heard it again Saturday. Omari Evans had a, a really nice day. Five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Could he be the number three receiver? Well, no. The number three receiver, or one of, I'm sorry, one of the top three receivers, is sitting at Kent State right now, finishing class this spring, and then he's going to transfer to Penn State. That's Dante Cephas. So the reason I don't really put any stock into what James Franklin keeps talking about, we got to find a number three receiver. We got to find another number three receiver behind Keandre Lambert Smith and 
and uh, Harrison Wallace III. Well, <laughs> once Cephas gets there, that question is answered. And so I, I get it. Believe me, that James can't talk about a dude who's not there. And are we 100% certain that Dante Cephas will be there? No, something could always happen. But we, we do need to go with along with the assumption he's going to be there. And so therefore, what we... What the coaches saw from the offense, what we saw on Saturday, I, I just think is a, a little bit false because you might be adding your number one receiver here in a few weeks in Dante Cephas. I keep going back and saying, is Dante Cephas a legitimate number one in the Big Ten? I don't know. I don't think we can just automatically assume that. Can we automatically assume he's one of Penn State's top three receivers? Absolutely. One billion percent. Okay. So we have to think of everything from, from an offensive standpoint in that context. All right. If you give Drew Aller a legitimate number one or number two college receiver that he has not been practicing with for the last, you know, month and a half. How does it change Penn State's offense? Okay, so I know it's a kind of a long-winded way to start this, but we do need need to be reminded of the fact that nothing that the coaches saw from their offense was anywhere near a full picture without Dante Cephas. Nothing that we saw on Saturday in the blue-white game was a, a full picture. Okay, so I do want to get to the Aller situation now because... He did make some really cool throws, the sidearm throw, the one really quick little laser toss while he was while he was running was a, a beautiful throw. How he got that kind of uh, speed on the ball to Omari Evans was, was impressive. I thought I thought Drew Aller looked like a guy that you can say, there's your franchise quarterback. There's your top recruit. There's the guy that can lead you to the promised land over the next couple of years. For a good bit of the game, I think, and well, I'm sorry, for a, for a good number of plays and throws in the game, I think you can say that. There also were a good number of throws in the game where I can sit here and say Drew Aller is vastly overrated and he's got a lot of work to do. And so there we are. We got to find the middle ground there. Okay. I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about how I think Drew Aller is overrated for very long within the context of what I'm saying is he's got to prove it. He's got to prove himself. He is going to have ups and downs. He is going to look sensational on some throws and he is going to look terrible on some throws. And then he's going to have to find a way to come up with some level of a middle ground and consistency. Can he do that in year one as a starting quarterback in 2023? I I really don't think so. I, I really just don't think so. That's why I've got Penn State going 10 and 2. I don't have them going to the playoff. I don't have them winning a Big Ten title, but 10 and 2 is still a pretty darn good year. I think we're going to see ups and downs from Drew Aller. Could they lose a third game? Could they lose a fourth game? If he, if he struggles to figure it out and he's struggling with consistency, well, then absolutely. We did, I did, I do think we saw enough of the plays on Saturday in the blue white game to think, Hey, Drew Aller is the real deal. Okay. And we also saw enough of the plays to make us think Drew Aller has never started a college football game. And he's going to have to learn a heck of a lot if he's going to be able to beat a Michigan or Ohio State or even a Michigan State or anybody in a playoff contention. So that's why I just I take a look at what we saw on Saturday. Again, starting with 
the lack of of a Dante Cephas and then Drew Aller's inexperience. What can we truly glean from all of this for what we're going to expect in September, October, November? Not a whole hell of a lot. Not not a whole hell of a lot. Because when you add any quality receiver to that mix, it changes the offense. I do think something James Franklin said was really cool and and very interesting after the game. Said, uh, hey, you know, if they don't have necessarily have a number three receiver who's better than their number two tight end, well, then you just go 12 personnel and you have two tight ends on the on the field uh, instead of one. And hey, that's that's smart. That's what we saw Penn State do in 2022, taking advantage of the tight ends. But again, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Harrison Wallace III, and Dante Cephas, if you've got those three guys, now you've got three good receivers. And we're not thinking about 12 personnel. All right. So from an offensive standpoint, that was really my biggest takeaway from what we what we think we saw, but what was really an illusion because not, you know, taking away that other top level receiver is going to create issues. I thought Drew again made some really good throws. I thought he made some really bad throws, some throws that made you think, whoa, what was that? But hey, we are just going to have to get used to that. If if not necessarily for a full season in 2023, I do think for a, a decent portion of the season, maybe even half a season, where he's going to look really good on some throws, he's going to look really bad on some throws, he's going to look like a superstar on some plays, and he's going to look terrible like a like a, a sophomore first-time starter on some plays because that's how difficult the quarterback position is. But here's the key. And I, I, I've said this a couple of times to a, a buddy of mine who's a radio host. Uh, hell has not frozen over. Hell has not frozen over. But Penn State has a pretty good offensive line. All right. So you have a pretty good offensive line. You got two pretty good running backs back there that could be outstanding. And Nick and Katron, you got some good tight ends. You got some good receivers. Maybe they're not great. You have, uh, you have put yourself in a situation where number 15 does not have to do every single thing himself. That, that is the difference between Drew Aller and let's go back to Christian Hackenberg or so. Christian Hackenberg was thrown into a situation where he really just kind of had to do everything. That's not going to be the case with Drew. Drew is going to be out there with other weapons. Drew's going to be out there with an outstanding defense. Talk about that a little bit later on from, from the blue white game. So Drew Aller's not going to have to win games by himself. He's going to have other weapons. And then you've given him some time to develop. They'll lose a couple, maybe even three games in 2023. And then he develops. And I keep saying maybe 2024 is the year where everything really comes into play. So that's why. I take a look at what we saw on Saturday and think, okay, there were some really good elements there, some questionable elements, but it's April. The season's a long way away. You still got to add another receiver who's going to be here before too long, and that'll change a lot of things. One more thing on the quarterback situation before I move on in the second segment to something else. Uh, I really was not impressed with Bo Prabula. I I just was not. Um, Now, in all fairness to him, 
it was tough for him because it seemed like every time he took a snap, defenders were running at him and all that stuff, all that stuff. And, and that's, that's the challenge of a spring game where James Franklin kept talking about, they, they tried to make the competition as even as possible. Uh, and, and I'm sure they did. It was, it was, a, it was a good competitive game, but it, it did seem like the offensive line that Bo Prabula was working on with, with the white team was not up to speed or up to par with the defensive line for the blue team. And so Bo Prabula found himself in trouble. But I, again, I, I, I'm not trying to nitpick or read too much into a spring game. I just didn't think he was very accurate. That's, I went into this, the one thing I truly wanted to see, can he put the ball on the money? Now, whether it was play calls, maybe they should have called some safer plays for him, some plays where he could get the ball into uh, you know, crossing routes or, or, or shallow crosses or whatever. That would have been fine, but he, he didn't necessarily have a lot of time to do even that. But on the run, um, we, we keep hearing, you know, Bo's this pretty good quarterback on the run. He's got a good feet and everything. That's fine, but you got to throw the ball accurate on the run. And I didn't even see that. And so my concern would be that all this hope that we have for the Penn State football team in 2023-2024, it rests on number 15 staying healthy and living up to his potential because, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm cautious to say this, but I just do need to throw it out based on what I saw in a in a grain of salt type of situation. I just think there's a significant drop off to the backup. We'll take a break. Be back in segment number two. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back. I guess they kept calling him Deny Dennis Daniels on the TV broadcast, and James Franklin even said Deny Dennis Daniels, I believe it was, in the postgame press conference. Deny Dennis Sutton looked really good on defense. Uh, James Franklin said he was uh, unblockable. Uh, that is a really good note. Chop Robinson looked good. In a situation like that, I thought the red zone defense was really good a couple times. Bo, Bo got in the... Uh, in the red zone, uh, struggled. Drew Aller got in the red zone late in the game, struggled. I tweeted during the game that the most significant development for the Penn State football program this offseason was keeping Manny Diaz. They were interviewing Manny on TV on Big Ten Network. I think Matt McGloin was interviewing him. And uh, it just it just reminded me of how significant that guy's value 
uh, is to the program. I, I really think the world of Manny Diaz, he just carries himself so well. He is, he is a head coach in every way who just happens to be a defensive coordinator right now until the right head coaching job comes across, comes along. But I, I, I have a lot of faith in Manny Diaz. And then I have a lot of faith in what they've done from a recruiting standpoint, getting good athletes and some depth on the defensive side of the ball. There are questions on defense. But at this stage, and again, I'll preface this by saying you can't always read too much into the spring game, but the defense was really, um, was really sound. Everybody was where they needed to be. I just, I just get the feeling that this fall, Manny Diaz is going to be able to turn this group into a really strong unit, even with the losses of Joey Porter Jr. Uh, Jair Brown. I mean, they're, those are key losses. Those are really good college players. Joey's a first round NFL draft pick. We think Tig could go maybe third round, but Kalen King's back. Abdul Carter's back. He's a beast. We think the defensive line has got some quality young players and they can rotate in and out. But again, the bottom line as we're watching this and we get caught, everybody wants to get caught up in Penn State players. Who's the next recruit? Who's the next guy going to uh, play? Uh, all the, all, uh, so many Penn State media people, uh, beat writers focus on all these guys. You know why? Because you want to hear about the next guy. You want to read about the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Well, you know what? I'm here to tell you that the most important guy is Manny Diaz. He's probably more important than all of them. Okay, because he's a guy that's been around. He's seen it. He's done it. He's he's confident. He's got the leadership skills uh, to be able to put everybody in the right place. Absolutely have to have really good players. They had a great player in Joey Porter Jr. They've got another great player upcoming with uh, Abdul Carter. And we thank Kalen King. But when I saw Manny Diaz really on TV, it just kind of reminded me of how significant it was that they're going to have him back for next season because that defense, uh, we went into last, last year thinking the linebackers were going to be a question mark. That really wasn't the case because Abdul Carter was so good. The secondary was outstanding. They could play man coverage. They could take away, uh, passes. And so therefore they gave, the front seven, a, a lot more flexibility, gave Manny Diaz more flexibility there. And I was just kind of reminded by about all of that on Saturday, seeing uh, a, a denied in a sudden, seeing a chop Robinson that you put everybody in the right scheme. Penn State's always going to be good in the red zone, even if they play the men, but don't break. <laughs> even in a, even in the spring game, it was tough for those offenses to move the ball in the red zone. That just goes to show, you know, what, what kind of caliber they've got on defense. A couple other things I did want to point out, uh, about the spring game. Uh, I mentioned earlier about Amari, Amari Evans had a really good game as a receiver. That's the kind of thing that could really, uh, help a young man's confidence going into the summer. James talked, James Franklin talked a lot about the, uh, quarterback's going to have to get out and throw a whole bunch with the wide receivers over the summer. Once they get Dante Cephas in the mix, you got to think that whole process will just take care of itself. Um, I'm really impressed with Drew Aller's poise and leadership already. I mean, he's really just finishing his first full year of college. That is very impressive. And, you know, Penn State has recruited so well. This was an opportunity to see some 
some different players out there, some guys we don't necessarily hear a whole lot about. I'll, I'll write about more, more about these guys there in the coming weeks. But it's I, one thing I love about the spring game. It's just a chance for get guys to get out, showcase themselves for the first time. Guys like an Amari Evans have some fun with it. We did see Jackson Smolik very briefly through an incomplete pass and uh, fumbled the snap. Hard for me to tell, but I saw the replay. I thought it was a low snap. Maybe he should have caught it. So I don't know exactly if the coaches had planned to play him more and they just decided not to. But uh, all in all, 10 to nothing. Uh, blue team beats the white team. Good defense, up and down play in a lot of ways. And, you know, quite frankly, things to be optimistic about. But as I mentioned a couple times in the first segment, a lot of things are going to change between now and the fall. We'll come back, tackle a little bit of a different subject in the third segment. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I want to give you a little bit of an idea of what to expect from the Penn State coverage here on the website coming up. Um, I've had a blast here. I've been uh, here almost two years, and I think we really crushed it during football coverage uh, throughout uh, the fall and winter. Uh, had stories every single day. Great feedback from all of you, the listeners. I was full-time during football season. I do need to point out, I'm not going to be full-time here um, during the summer and maybe even for the for the next football season. So my role is changing a little bit. Um, I'm pointing this out simply to make sure everybody understands that there, there might not be as many Penn State stories going forward, and that kind of stinks, and that's unfortunate. But uh, I, I do want to tell you I'm going to try to continue to give you the very best, most unique, and important Penn State coverage that I can. I'm not going to have a story every day. Uh, the plan is for a couple of stories each week on Penn State football over the summer. Um, a few stories each week during the fall. So it's going to be cut back a little bit. And hey, look, that's just kind of the way things go in this business. Some decisions are made. Some things are changed. I I cannot tell you all how much I appreciate being here and, and having the freedom and flexibility to cover Penn State football the way I want to. I absolutely cannot tell you how much I love the feedback I get from uh, readers, listeners in our comments section and everything. And it is still my goal to bring you uh, some of the best Penn State coverage that you'll see. I'm just telling you that the volume will not be what it has been. And the focus primarily going forward is going to be football. I, I did a lot of Penn State basketball with the coaching change. Um, that's not necessarily going to be the case as things stand right now going forward. And I'm just trying to be honest because this is how it's, it's kind of played out. And so there will be a heavy focus on Penn State football, which there is a tremendous and significant 
uh, amount of passion and, and interest. I will still try to cover basketball and wrestling to the degree of whatever I can. But look, folks, if I'm if I'm only going to be doing two or three stories a week, they are going to be football centric. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, maybe there will be some more overview types of stories, 10 takes kinds of stories where I can do five, six, seven football takes, one or two basketball, one or two wrestling, that kind of thing. So I can still maybe have a hand in different things that are going on at Penn State. Um, But that is that's the plan going forward. Um, I, I will say this. When I write a story, if we can do this, and I'll still have some live live questions every few weeks too, but if I write a story and it's been two, three, four days, you know, b- between stories or what have you, please go to the comments sections and ask me questions and uh, have discussions there. I will monitor those uh, as much as I as much as possible. And say I write a story about a receiver or running back or whatever, uh, even if you have a question about something else, go to those stories, go to the most recent story. And if you if you want to bring up a topic, I'll jump on there uh, you know, a few times a day. If there's anything new, I'll answer the questions there. I want to be as much of a presence on the site as I can given the fact that I'm only going to have two or three stories a week, okay? I'm still going to be checking the site and doing all kinds of other things, uh, you know, do, you know, in terms of staying on top of Penn State football, and I'll have things on Twitter or whatever. But anytime you have a question, uh, want to bring up a topic, make sure you post it in the comments of whatever the most recent story is. And I will stay on top of all that. So it is the summer. There won't be a whole heck of a lot going on with Penn State football for the next couple of months. Uh, I will try to continue to have a couple of really good, interesting stories and angles and and news items for you each week just to make sure we're staying on top of everything. Because there's always, look, Penn State football is a 12-month-a-year beat. Um, and, and I will do plan to continue uh, to treat it that way. But again, even if you don't see as many stories from me, click on the stories every day or two and see if there's any new discussions or comments or what have you. And we can still stay in touch that way. I do still plan to keep doing the We Are podcast every Sunday morning. I enjoy this. This is a fun way to uh, to kind of uh, touch on some different things that I don't necessarily always get into from a story perspective. But that's the plan going forward can reach out to me with any questions or comments that you might have. Folks, appreciate you tuning in as always. I'll catch up with you again next week.